on your marks, get set. Um, I'm, I'm going to share a little bit about the humility of God this morning. And the first thing, um, as I was preparing this, the first thing that comes to mind, pretty obvious, Jesus, the Son of God, becoming a man, humbling himself to become a man. My first scripture, I'm going to do a few from Philippians. I wrote them out so I wouldn't waste my time searching through the Bible. Um, Philippians 2.6, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Did not consider being the son of God something to be used to his advantage. Now, when I was uh, knee-high to a grasshopper, I saw the queen the lady herself, I remember very little about it, except I stood at the side of the road with my parents for a long time. And eventually, this car came along very slowly, and this young woman did this. And I, I thought she had an arm coming out of her stomach. <laughs> I wondered how she managed to do it. But uh, she was honored by thousands and thousands of people. I mean, she was the queen. Incredible. But the son of God? He, he ranks way higher than the queen. And he could have done that, but he didn't. Now, we all know the story of how Jesus was born in a stable, you know. I mean giving birth to the Son of God in a dirty, smelly stable. We know that story. But Jesus didn't have any say in that, I mean, necessarily. But what about when he started performing miracles? When he started raising the dead and cleansing the leper and healing the sick and curing the blind man and feeding 5,000 and walking on... Oh, that would have been a time when he could have decided, I am the man. And he could have had uh, people do everything for him. Philippians 2.7, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. I mean, he could have had people who would have washed his clothes and, and waited on him hand and foot, and he could have had people all the time following around and, and doing things for him. And instead, Jesus said, who's greater? This is Luke twenty-two twenty-seven: The one who's at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who's at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. And it wasn't just Jesus' life that, that was one of humility and not taking what he could take from his followers. Philippians 2.8, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And I, I've heard it said that God chose that particular time because that was the worst possible way invented by man for execution. The worst possible way. Um, being shot. I mean, I think about it and sometimes I think that's actually quite a nice way to go. You're driving along and suddenly bang and you're not there anymore and you're straight into the presence of God, I mean, or even being hung, as long as you're heavy enough, that happens quickly. But the way Jesus died, and not just the way he died, the humility he went through, he was stripped naked, he was whipped. I have never seen a picture of Jesus on the cross that medically shows what it really would have been like. He would have looked like a piece of meat. On his back where he was whipped, he would have looked like a piece of meat. 
And he chose that. He humiliated him. He allowed himself to be humiliated and die on the cross. Well, then comes the resurrection and Jesus is alive and we're all excited. We serve a risen God. Victory is ours and humility is over. Not. I, I love, I've read them. One of the few books I've read over and over again, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I love the story of Aslan, the lion. Let's get behind the lion. Let's serve the lion. It is a biblical picture. But there is another one. I didn't write this out because it's a long reading. I'm going to read Revelation 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look inside it. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he'd taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You've made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked. And heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea, and all that's in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and glory and honor and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. We are standing under a banner with a lamb on it. A lamb that looks like it's been killed. Our humility is not over. And I, I was praying and I'm saying, God, why would I share about humility? There must be something more you want to say. And, uh, you know, if, if I am unjustly accused, I defend myself. If my husband says to me, you took the last cookie. And if I didn't, which I don't always, I would vehemently defend myself. No, I put it on a plate. It's on the top of the fridge for you. Nah. But I do. I defend myself when I'm accused and it's not, not fair. Well, God doesn't. And I have accused him. And I've been wrong. 
Now, during our, our School of Champions a couple of weeks ago, we were asked to, to get a word from the Lord. And I got a word, and uh, we were asked if we wanted to share it, and I couldn't share it. I couldn't share it because the word that God gave me was, you are more than enough. And I, I've struggled with pride and arrogance, and I am not going to go there again. And I figured more than enough, no, that can't be God. God would say I'm enough. And this is just what I honestly thought. I thought, well, I'm, I'm enough. And so I took that word and I took it home and I, I said, God, is this you? Is this what you're saying? This is what it says to me. You know, when it first snows, it's not here, but it is in Winnipeg. My daughter just went back and it snowed there already. But the first time you get your sled out, and of course we all get our sleds out. I mean, pretend it's for the kids, but... We get our sled out and we go down the hill. If you're enough, to me that's like you push your way down because it's fresh snow and you make it to the bottom and you did it, you know, you're enough. What more than enough means to me, you get to the top, you lift your arms up and you zoom down that hill and that is more than enough. And God showed me that's the word he had for me. And it, it was just... As I thought on that, and as funny as it is, that's how I realized that Abba Father has taken false accusations from me, and he hasn't defended himself. And as I learn who I am before him, I recognize the lies that I believed about him, that one of the songs that we sing where it says, God, you never let me down. And I'd always struggled singing that because, let me be honest, I felt God had let me down. And, and I realized, as he showed me what he thought of me, he hasn't let me down. So you will see me behind this banner of a lamb that looks like it's been killed, and I'll be skipping along, happy as a sandboy, Sangirl following that banner because he loves me. That was amazing, Mary. <laughs> so good. <sighs> and we wanted to share a bit about what God showed us. Um, so, Bob Springer, where is he? Back there, my mom and dad and Melissa, we all went to um, Nashville to go see um, United Pursuit Band as this worship band. And we spent four days camping in a field under the hot sun. It was like 31 one day. And we were like in our t-shirts and shorts, like I'm dying. So, and God really showed up. And so we wanted to share some of this with you guys, but not just like this is for us, but it's for you guys too. So I wanted to get Melissa to come up first. Oh, I guess I'm sharing first. Um, hi guys. I don't, I'm usually, you know, behind there, so you don't always get to hear me talk. Um, but I like to talk for those of you that know me well. Um, anyway, uh, Mary, that was so good. I almost started crying. I just, that God is such a humble, truly humble God who serves. And I'm, I just can so relate to that feeling of God, I feel like you have let me down, and I've accused you of letting me down, and I've accused you of not coming through for me, and I've accused you of not being good. And over and over again, you pour your love out on me, and you show me that you're good, and you show me that you defend me, and you show me that you lay down your life for me over and over and over again. And I'm broken on the floor, and I'm like, how do you still love me when I say these things to you? And he does. <laughs> He's a good dad. Um, so thank you. Um, so we went to Nashville, and um, it was amazing. Obviously, Nashville is just awesome. If you're a musician, everyone who's a musician should go there. And if you're not, go there too, because I, I know our church, all of you guys appreciate music, I can tell. And um, so I'm going to kind of share what I, you know, a big thing that I got out of it. And there's so much I could share, but I'm going to keep it, you know, kind of something special for me. And so this whole event, it's, it's all Christians from all backgrounds, right? It kind of felt like a pseudo-charismatic event, like it was hidden, like, 
because, you know, there's people raising their hands. Everyone's worshiping differently, but everyone's praising and worshiping together. Like, no one was judging anyone for where they came from or from what church background they're from. And, you know, to, to have that in the United States of America is even more of a triumph or victory, I think. And um, so the unity really just got to my heart, like, God, that's what we want. We want, to, we want our body, your body, to be unified. We want to stop judging each other because there's room at God's table for all of us, right? It's not like, oh, you believe that? You can sit on the floor. You can eat my crumbs because I know the Father. You know, and that's just not the love of God. You know, we need to be able to disagree and still be family. Um, so at the end, they brought up a surprise, and her name is Heidi Baker. And... You guys know, right? You know that everyone was wrecked in that room. <laughs> and she doesn't even like, oh, just like, I don't know. I was just wrecked again like every single time. And um, she was just sharing, you know, little things from her life. And um, she told the story of the, uh, you know, everyone is a Samaritan, right? The Samaritan. Who doesn't know that story? And so this is how she tells it. She says, I'm paraphrasing, okay? She says there was a pastor walking along the road, and he had paid $400 to go to a church growth conference, and he was so excited, and he was on his way, and he was walking to the conference, just so excited that he didn't even see the man. You know, he didn't have time. That man wasn't even wearing a, you know, that man doesn't even tithe, right? So he just keeps going, and he's, he's going to get to this just church growth conference. Then next, on the other side of the road, is walking the worshiper, and this spoke to me. And this worshiper is just worshiping Jesus. 24 hours, probably. 24 hours. 24-hour prayer and, and worship. And just walks. Because, you know, I don't have time for anything but worshiping Jesus. And walks right past the man on the road. We have to stop for the one. I have been bound up in fear. Guys, I'm, I'm a responder. I, I love people. I really do. But I hate inconveniencing people, and I would hate to make anyone feel bad. Like, I really, I love, I want people to be comfortable. I want them to feel loved and safe. And I, and I hate, the, the idea of evangelism scares me because I hate to go out and make people feel uncomfortable. Like, honestly, guys, I hate it more than anything. And, um, I'm standing there like, God, I just don't know. And, and Heidi Baker's like, just starts praying, and we're all there. And I'm literally like, this is not a charismatic event, but I feel like someone's pushing me over. I'm standing there like, brace, my knees are like this so that I don't fall over. So I'm sitting there like rocking like a crazy person. And the floors are not clean, so I'm like, I'm not falling over here. <clears throat> and I get this vision. Jesus is right in front of me, and he says, Melissa, it's okay. You don't have to do it. Just follow me. And he grabs my hand and he takes me, he shows me in a vision, he takes me to a man who's broken. And he says, just, just do what I do. You don't have to come up with anything. You don't have to conjure up something. Just do what I do. And he bends down and he loves this man and he hugs him. And as I do the same thing, that man turns into Jesus. And then I walk to the person. And I see what Jesus does, and I do what he does, and that person turns into Jesus. And every person I minister, and he says, see, Melissa, whatever you do, just do what I do, and whatever you do, you are doing it to me. And you can't inconvenience me. You can't do anything to me that would hurt me, you know? And that, that vision was so freeing for me because it just released me of all this fear I had that it's, I need to do something. I need to let people know about Jesus and, and all this stuff, but I can't do it because I'm too afraid. And Jesus just being like, just follow my lead. Just, just, just love that one. You don't need to plan some big evangelistic, we're going out praying for everyone we see today. Just go about your day and love the one, you know? So... Um, on our way back, 
we, uh, we uh, decide to, we were just gonna go through McDonald's drive through get something quick, because we're driving all the way back from Nashville, and I'm really excited to see my kids, and to see John, and um, so we stop off at Denny's instead, because you know, we're in America, and um, <laughs> I'm telling you, they know how to do breakfast. <laughs> and I was so glad we stopped, because I was so hungry. And um, me, me and Bob and Amy were like, bring on the coffee, or no, not you, mom. Us three, we're like, bring on the coffee. Amy's like, no. Um, we're, we're drinking our gross Denny's coffee and loving it. And we, I'm ordering, I, I ordered sticky bun pancakes, okay? Do you know what sticky bun pancakes are? The worst thing in the world that are so delicious. It's basically pancakes with crusted, um, like sugar crusted pecans inside and then cinnamon syrup and cream cheese icing on it. Anyways, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> So, me, Bob kept saying, I, I understand why people struggle here. Like, I understand. <laughs> I was like, yes. So, um, anyways, our waiter kept coming, our, our waiter that was coming, you know, I honestly was not thinking about, I just came from this thing, God showed me, I'm going to like, now I'm going to start evangelizing, because that was not what God showed me. But all of a sudden, it's like I saw him. I honestly felt like it wasn't even me that saw him. I felt like God saw him. And showed me that he saw him. It was like what Jesus had showed me in his vision. I felt like Jesus, Jesus said, I see him. And I have something I want to say to him. And all of a sudden I was like, my nerves. I was like, okay, <laughs> drinking my coffee. Are you sure? <laughs> and, um, I'm like, okay, God. And I, and I realized that moment, you know what? If you have something to say to him, you'll tell me. I'm not going to come up with it. I'm not going to sit here and conjure up a prophetic word for this man. Just tell me. And if I don't get anything, that I don't get anything. I just say, God loves you. And so I released myself of that burden. And, um, and as I sat there, I just felt this impression in my spirit. Like God said, he has been through a loss. And I want him to know that I see him and he's not alone. I thought. And, I, and I also felt like he had a daughter, but I was like, I wasn't so sure about that one, so I'm just going to leave that out. <laughs> so... Sure enough, I, I tell the guy, we're, we're sitting in front of him, and I'm like, okay, like, I feel like I have a word for you from God. Can I share it with you? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I feel like, you know me, I'm very timid. I wasn't like, you have had a loss in your life, and the Lord tells you you are not alone. Like, that was not what I did. <laughs> not really me. I was like, so I feel like you've had a loss maybe in your life, and God wants to tell you that you're not alone, and he's, he's for you. And, um. And then he just starts sharing with us. He says, um, actually, yeah, my brother just died. And his, um, his daughter, I've basically taken like her now. Now she's my daughter. Now I'm taking care of her. And I was like, oh, why didn't I say that about the daughter? <sighs> my unbelief. <laughs> and um, so I, I, he just started pouring out his heart. And he's like, you know, I only make $2 an hour. And um, now I have to take care of her. And I just took her into Emerge last night because she had mono and um he's like I can't even pay he's like my electricity bill's coming and I can't pay it huh it was yeah it's gonna be shut off and oh man we're just like our hearts were just with him in that moment and and I know he's not telling he, I know he's telling the truth because I know that I had a friend from the states who worked in she was a waitress and they do really only make two dollars an hour it's ridiculous so we just were like can we pray with you and he's like yeah so we just prayed with him and we prayed that you know because we know God's seen him. God's seen what he's going through, and we prayed for him. And then, you know, we, and then we didn't just walk away and say, well, we prayed for you, now you're good. You know, we put our money where our mouth is, and we gave him a nice tip because we believe also that we're the body, that we can actually do something as well, and, um, and hopefully that helps him, you know? And I believe it, it did. And anyway, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, for those of you that maybe are in the same boat as me and really felt that, struggled with evangelism and um, but you love people and you love Jesus to just love that one and that if God wants to love somebody he'll show you what to do don't you don't have to conjure it up on your own so, yeah. six Bob you want to come up and share something <laughs> I guess so <laughs> Yeah. 
Hi, guys. Um, yeah, I love camping. Not. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, uh, well, a lot of people here don't know me that well, but, uh, like, for me, roughing it is uh, maybe a holiday in, right? But, uh, you know, we did camp when we were younger, but it was, like, with a trailer and stuff like that. Even though when Don and I were first together, we had a little pup tent, and we did went all the way out east with it. And I had some horrible memories from that. So. <laughs> anyway, so, so when I heard we were going to be camping, I was kind of, uh, yeah, I was a little bit apprehensive about the whole thing. But the whole trip sounded so exciting that I thought, oh, you know what, I can probably suck it up for, <laughs> for that if I, you know, to go along. And anyways, uh, make a long story short, uh, yeah, here we are in a big field with 1,200 people, 20 porta-potties which was very interesting. They had a shower system that was most of the time wasn't working too well or it had cold water. So I didn't have a shower for the whole time I was down there. So you feel kind of grubby, you know, this kind of... Uh, and on top of that, a hurricane was coming. So I'm going, wow, this is fun. <laughs> so I kind of, uh, yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I tore my tent down early you know, and, and I ended up sleeping in the back of Lloyd's truck for the last night. I thought, well, at least I'll be dry in there. <laughs> but anyways, uh, that was just the, that was the rough spots. But I mean, it was an incredible time. And, uh, and the weird thing was, I mean, United Pursuit, I, I, I knew the band from the earlier stuff, but I didn't know any of the new stuff. So I virtually didn't know any of the music that I was listening to down there. But they're such good musicians that, you know, I mean, it was a real, really a blessing to be there and, and to enjoy the music and the worship and stuff like that. For me, the, uh, uh, the personal moment came on Saturday night when uh, Heidi Baker was ministering. And, uh, and it was kind of interesting because, um, you know, I was sitting there. I was actually, uh, Lloyd said, you're going to get something. You're going to get something. I said, I already got something, right? You're thinking I already had gotten blessed by the Lord. But the, the good thing was still coming, right? And, uh, you know, so, so we're sitting there. And uh, so she was speaking. She, after she's done speaking, she's okay, we're going to do some ministry time now. And the band was playing in the background, just instrumental music. It was really kind of cool, wasn't it? Like it was just like, there was a whole ambience in the room happening and the Holy Spirit was moving and everything. And she said that, uh, so anybody who had, you know, who felt like they felt, how did I say, lonely and uh, yeah, yeah, just sit down. And, uh, and oftentimes, you know, like, I'm usually the guy that's standing up going, ah, I'm okay, you know, everything's fine. But the Lord told me, sit down, right? So I went, okay, I'm going to sit down, right? So I'm sitting there, and, and uh, people, and, and then basically she said, okay, the people that are standing up, we want you to go to those people and pray for them. Like, lay hands on them and pray for these people, right? And uh, so I'm sitting there, and people were getting prayed for, and I'm thinking, I'm going to be overlooked again. And, and it was... It was weird because it was at Catch the Fire in Toronto a bunch of years back. You know how they used to have the, the lineups? You know, for people who have been down there, they used to have the prayer lines, right? And then people would come along and pray for you in those prayer lines. And I remember standing in, in the prayer line, and uh, Donna was on one side, and I forget who was on the other side. It might have even been DA. I think it might have been DA. And um, we're standing there, and the person went by and prayed for Donna, and then prayed for DA. It missed me completely, you know? I'm standing. I'm thinking, okay, how did? Why did I get missed? Like, what's wrong with me, right? And so when I'm sitting there, you know, down in Tennessee, you know, all of a sudden that feeling came back, and I thought, I'm going to be overlooked. You know, God doesn't really care. He, he's just, you know, he's. I'm just going to be ignored. And I started feeling really lonely and and really. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, this young man comes over, and he slides right next to me, and it was funny too because Lloyd was standing in front of him praying for a lady in front of him, and so he kind of snuck in behind Lloyd there and laid his hands on me and says, I was at the very back of the hall, and God pointed, me, pointed you out to me and said, I want you to pray for this man, and I was blown away. I'm going to start crying too. <laughs> it's, it's hard, but anyway, so... Uh, yeah, he just said, God has not forgotten you. And he sees your heart, and he sees that you have a good heart, and he's with you, and, and he wants to continue to bless you. And, and, and even though, you know, 
I could probably, you know, I'm getting older. I'm, you know, I'll be 65 next month for you who care. Uh, but God still has a lot for you, you know, in, in your life. And I thought, wow, after what I went through last February when I almost didn't make it, you know, and now God's telling me that there's lots more to come. I was blown away. And and this, you know, and it was so interesting because here's this, this young man who, you know, he could probably be almost my grandson, right? And and he's praying this wonderful prayer for me. And I was just, and then I, you know, I started weeping and I, you know, and he gave me this beautiful hug at the end. And it was like, okay, God, now I know why I was down here. That's, I was here for that, you know, and it just blessed me. And so anyways, for anybody who ever feels like you're being overlooked or that, you know, God doesn't care, believe me, it's not true. He cares for every one of us. And he, he never overlooks us. He's always there for us all the time. So, Lloyd, okay. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> just awesome. Man, you know, I wish you, I wish, first of all, I wish you could have all come. How many like camping, just so you know? Come on, are there any camp? Wow. Okay, we did get a few, a few campers here. Oh, man. You know, if you snore, I do snore. So Bob at first was going to be in a tent with me. And, and I snore. So that was a good thing there that he wasn't. But my wife had, but my wife had the coughing thing going on. But she still, she still made it through it. But... Yeah, she kept me awake now, so it's I'm getting the favor return. But um, you know, I came back and I and I guess the whole time we were there, um, the takeaway, I would say, God, what's the takeaway? I mean, there's so many, you know, we can go to this conference, we can go to Toronto, you know, we can go to all these places, but what's the takeaway? And I think in this whole um avenue, what what this event, what uh, United Pursuit had done. They weren't, they're putting themselves up here. It wasn't like they were here and you were here. It was like the, they said the, play, the, the, the playing field was level. And I really felt that these guys were camping too. They didn't have their nice holiday inn or, or bus or anything like that. But they were just, they had their tents. I mean, you'd see one of the singers just walking around being himself. And... I really felt like God was really just saying this, and, and I really feel like this is something that some of us here struggle with, something that I've struggled with. We want to be validated. We go to places. We look for that validation. Come on, right? And, and until we get, and if we don't get that validation, right, then, then we don't think we're worth it. Or we, we, we've talked about that, you know. We don't really feel worthy, right? until we're validated, and we look for it. And, and I really felt like that, you know, you can look for it in a pastor maybe to validate you, maybe your spouse to validate you. And then you wonder why that doesn't happen. You're waiting for someone to validate you. And the reason for that is because God doesn't want you to be validated by them. Right? It says in Psalm 37, he says, I'll put my thumb, my, my stamp of approval on you. He's the one that validates you. And I felt like that whole time there, it was like, you know, you, you, you feel like, well, am I significant or am I validated? Do I have to? And, and, and it frees you to be you. We live in a society today that we, we see people trying to copy someone else. Well, maybe if my voice sounds like this, and just to give you an example, you know, you hear a singer, maybe he's Australian, so all of a sudden you start singing, and the guy says, well, wait a minute, you sound Australian. But you're not Australian, right? And why do we do that? Because we want to validate ourselves. Because we, we don't think that when Jesus says, you were worth it, I died. Like when we shared what he did for us. There's Ephesians chapter 2 says it was with such intense love. When he went to the cross, it was, yes, it was a, a brutal, brutal death, but it was with such love. And, 
And that's what I, I really felt like that when we were there at United Pursuit. And I remember even Heidi, how she said that, you know, if you don't love, you don't have authority. Wow. If you take anything away from that, it's love. When you reach out to that person, when you look at them, don't do it because you have to. Do it because you really, really love them. Because he really, really loves you. And he validates you. Right? And that's, that's the basis of it, is we operate out of that. And I felt like God just, just free me up. You know, this is, this is how we operate. Because it also helps you from being man-pleasing. Right? And that's what I loved about United Pursuit. They were just normal. They were just, hey. And I saw them, you know, with, with uh, Brock Human, one of the singers, with his, with his daughter. Just normal. Will Reagan walking around like some of these singers and stuff like that. And they sing from that heart of not professionalism. Because I'm tired of that. I'm tired of like, you know, where we all put a, put a performance, we got the lights, we got all that, we got everything happening. But is that really worship? Is it really worship? Because to me, I thought, I thought worship was when we engage him with our heart. And we can tell, we can tell when someone really speaks from the heart. And we can really tell if I'm an unsaved person, I can tell when you're coming to me from your heart. Right? And not from some revelation that you're going to fix me and everything and correct me and all that. Right? And that's what we need. And that was, that's what God wants to do in our hearts as well, is to release us. I want to share a Heidi Baker story. because I mean, two, because before uh, uh, Amy comes up here. But, you know, when Heidi comes, there's something about Heidi. And, and, and she just, I don't know if the word ooze is right, but oozes love, right? And I had the opportunity of being in Mozambique and serving with her and being one of the teams that went out. And I remember seeing her in action and seeing just this amazing love. Like somebody says, here's my camera. Can you take a picture of me being baptized by Heidi? So, you know, you're looking at the lens, you know, and you're just seeing the way that she loves. And this is a uh, a lady from the States who's leading one of the teams, but just felt at that moment she needed to be baptized, and if anybody characterizes someone that characterizes the love of Jesus, it's Heidi Baker. And, um, and she talked about on this, of just being real, being yourself, being real. But one of the stories was where, um, I don't know, should I tell the Reiki, the, the Reiki healer one or the one on the plane? The plane? All right, so she gets on this plane, and she's been serving. She just was in Washington. She's coming to United Pursuit. And if you don't know, one of the singers in United Pursuit is married to her daughter. So she's coming to see her granddaughter, okay? So she's coming to United Pursuit. But it's awesome when she comes there and she says, this is the best place. This is the place I really want to be. And you're there, right? So it's awesome. And then she comes, and she starts to share from her heart. And she talked about how she was on the plane coming. And uh, so she's sitting beside this... Uh, what they call California royalty, uh, 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 an actress from Hollywood. And she says, you could tell, the ripped jeans, you know, <laughs> the, the hat, you could tell, California royalty. And she's like on the plane, and she's sitting right next to this, this girl. And this girl is losing it because the pilot, they come on the announcement series, and sorry, but this flight's delayed. You know, the engine, yeah, the engine's not working. And, and so, I mean, it seems like a lot of that's going around um, in planes, stuff like that. But anyway, so, so she's there, and she's going like, and this girl's going, blankety, blank, 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 blank. What the? And she's going like this, and, 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 and Heidi's going, oh, no. Lord, all I wanted was a rest because I've been speaking and I've been traveling, and God, I just want to have a rest. And she's sitting in first class, you know, she's beside this girl, and she's going on like this. And again, about, you know, just, oh, man, being, being you and, and being real, right? And so at that moment, um, the Lord says to Heidi, he says, Heidi, I want you to witness to her. I want you to tell her about me. And, uh, and then this plane We'll take off. 
What? Tell her that God loves her. Yeah, tell her that God loves her. And she says, God? And, and that's the thing. And then again, I wanted to show this out to you guys. Listen, guys, God's not offended with your dialogue. He wants you to dialogue with him. And, and you know, it's always, you know, maybe that's questions, right? And so she, God said, okay. And so this, this girl's going on blankety blank, blank, blank. And she's on her phone, blankety blank, and all this. And she's going, oh, man. So she goes, and she has some peanuts with her. And she says, you know, I'm going to offer this girl peanuts. And, and she says, well, Lord, you want me to offer the nuts to this nut? <laughs> and God says, yes, I do. Because I love that nut. This California royalty, okay? I love that nut, okay? So, so Heidi, Heidi goes, okay, Lord. She offers says, hey, hey, would you, would you like some peanuts? And the girl says, nuts. I've been told that nuts are really good for me. Especially if, you know, you're anxious or whatever. They're really good for me. And she says, and by the way, you know what? God loves you. And she says, you know what? People have been telling me that. People have been telling, I don't know what, like everybody's been telling me, like God loves me. And she says, by the way, she says, God told me to tell you that. And then the flight will take off. And she did. And the flight got ready. They fixed it. They were ready to go. And she was able to welcome this girl, this, this actress, California, to Jesus because of that. Come on. Come on, eh? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And, and I just, again, uh, just quickly, be you because he loves you. He doesn't want you to be that person, that person. And sometimes we think, well, that person's like, and I just feel like if I were like, no. It's so releasing. It's so releasing to be the real you because that's who he loves. And then he can take you from that place. So good. There's nothing on this, but it's awesome. <laughs> ah, everything. It's just so good hearing what God, you know, he's just speaking. He's speaking. He's always speaking to us. For me, I mean, and there's the Heidi story, too. Um, going to this there was um, even a guy in the first morning, he come up and, and he was talking about raising up everyone. It's not about these ones here and these ones here and just leveling the playing field. And I'm like, that's always been Adam and I's heart. You know, I'm just like, I want to find the gold in everyone in my church. It's not just about Adam and I preaching all the time. And that's why we don't preach every single Sunday, but we let other people. We're just like, it's not about us. It's not about, it's this, we are the body of Christ. And it was so cool. It was like this re, for me, it's like I've been in the Catch the Fire circles for quite a while now. And so going to this United Pursuit, completely apart from Catch the Fire, from all these different backgrounds, I just loved the body. And I just began to talk to people and I got to prophesy over some people who had never been prophesied over before. And they're like, stop, stop, I need to write this down. And, this, you know, and, and they're like, what is this? And it was like, like Melissa said, like pseudo Holy Spirit event and people were getting so hungry and people were like, I don't want just to be here anymore. I'm hungry for more. And you just saw this hunger building up in God's people in his church. And it, they had like every afternoon they had two different sessions you could go to out of five different choices. And um, we went to one about the common hymnal and raising up a voice all around the world and just finding worshipers who have a song so they had a girl from Iraq who had a song and all of these and just basically like it's not just you know like Hillsong and Bethel music and all this but we want to raise up a voice of the body around the world and I was just like that's awesome and uh Krista Black was there and she did like over the entire group an inner healing thing where she like went in and people were weeping and stuff and I'm just like you, we get so used to and catch the fire like we do inner healing all the time but it's just like no this is so needed this is so life-giving this is so so good and so on the last night when Heidi was there um yeah there was that moment where they were playing an instrumental and I was worshiping and all of a sudden there was this like five second moment where I felt like I was worshiping in heaven it was like this the presence was so heavy and I was like just like whoa 
And then Heidi began to talk about if you feel like an orphan or you're feeling like all of these things sit down. And I was looking around for someone to pray for. And I went, I saw this girl that had like recipes for roadkill on the back of her shirt. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go pray for her. (laughs) And just as I was about to get to her, someone went and um, started praying for her. And then all of a sudden I looked down and we're kind of in the dark with the lights. And there was this girl sitting huddled with her head in her knees. And I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's the one I meant to pray for. So I just right, just put my hand in her and I started speaking into her ear and prophesying over her. And then all of a sudden she lifts up, she looks at me. She had never been prophesied over before either. And she's like, people keep telling me these things they're telling me this weekend. And I was like, you need to let out your brokenness and something good will come out of it and all of this different stuff. And she's like, can you tell me about shame? She's like, Chris is talking about shame and I think that's what I have. Like she had never really understood it. And so I was like, yeah, like shame can be an identity core statement. Like I'm not worthy. I don't fit. I'm unloved. But it's some core statement from something that was done to you or something that you have done that now has come on you. And so I'm like, through that, we feel fear. So we feel fear like, I, I'm not going to fit. I'm not going to. And so out of that fear, we control in some way. It can look like, like I've said before, bravado. Like, I've got it all together. I'm tough. Or it can look like I'm hiding who I really am. And she was like, okay, I hide. And so I was like, okay. And so we started going through this stuff. And she was like, how did you get free? So I started to tell her some of my story. And she was like, how did you get free? So I started talking to her about the power of lies and the power of truth. And so I was like, what are some three things you believe about yourself? And she's like, that I'm worthless, that I don't belong, and that I'm nothing. So I was like, you need to write those down and ask God for his truth. And so I began to teach her how to hear God's voice. And I began to like, you need this. And and here's my email. And I began to pray for her. And I talked to her about, God said, tell her how you used to struggle with suicide. So I started telling her how I had thoughts of suicide all the time. She's like, I want to kill myself every day, and I'm just not brave enough to do it, but I want to kill myself so bad. So I started to pray suicide off of her and pray for her and all of this stuff. And I was like, right now, God's asking you to get vulnerable with him. I mean, he knows everything, but there's a part of us, it's just like opening up and saying, God, here's my shame and all of this stuff. And I was like, and I'm going to be here for you. So I gave her, you know, message me and stuff but it was like so cool and by the end she was just like I feel hope can I hug you and she hugged me for like this really long time and it was like this is what I was created for and I was talking to Jenny the other day but I was like I realized that some of us get healed from something like that right like and then there's other things where we have to walk out the slow process of healing. And for me, it was rejection, feeling I am unloved. And so I told her, God called me a new name, and it's beloved. And now that's a stamp on my heart, and he wants to stamp on your heart too. And I realized in that moment that that's my calling, is to, I wasn't loved, or I was loved always, but I never knew it. And now my call is to show people and help them come into the realization that they're loved. And so for me, it, as a pastor, I always apply it to my church. I can't help it. But, like, that's what I want to take this church into, is going from orphans to sons and daughters. That is my passion. And so I was like, if everyone in, my, in the church knows that they're loved, they're going to change the world. It's just a fact. And so after this, like, I've, I've been having all these encounters with people, and it's so easy Like Melissa was saying, like, I've struggled with evangelism too. Like, just like, okay, let's go out and find someone. But lately it's been so like, oh, I just like relate my pain and my story. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I felt rejected. And I found this this guy who's God. (laughs) And he's like this. And so yesterday we had um, a cafe here. And I just got to to sit down with this girl. And I was like, I want to tell you the story of the prodigal. Have you ever heard it? And she's like, no. And I was like, here's a guy who took half of his dad's wealth that was his inheritance, and he wanted it early. And I'm like, he wasted on him booze, sex, drugs, you know, whatever. And all of his friends left him when all the money ran out. And here he is probably working on a farm, you know, down with the pigs. And he's hungry. And he says, 
it's probably better if I just become a servant in my own dad's house. And I was like, and a long way off, his dad's watching, looking for him, and he sees him. And I'm like, and he runs out, puts the best clothes on him, gives him his ring, and throws a party. And I'm like, that's who God is. And this girl was like, whoa. And I was just like, I know the church gets it wrong sometimes, and we're all not perfect. But God is love, and he loves you. And it was just like so easy, and it just keeps flowing out of me lately. And I'm realizing the more that I fall in love with Jesus, the easier it is to tell people about him. It just flows out of me like it's not effort. And that's what Melissa's saying. When you just follow Jesus, when you just look at him, it's like, oh, okay. This is so much easier than like conjuring up, okay, Lord, I'm going to be an evangelist. I'm going to do this. Okay, I got this. Oh, give me a word. Give me a word. You know, instead of like, I'm so in love with Jesus, I'm walking with him. Oh, yeah, you're saying that. Okay, I'll tell them. And that's what it's been lately for me, too, of just like, oh, God, this stuff works. And so, like, soon we want to do a weekend where we want to do a weekend called From Orphans to Sons and Daughters. So we're going to go through inner healing. We're going to do becoming a son or a daughter and all of this. And we want to give you guys practical tools that I have gotten through my long, arduous process of getting free that really works. And so that's what I'm thankful for, that God didn't heal me from rejection in an instant. But he took me through step after step after step and layer after layer to get free. And I want to give these things to you guys because I want you guys to know that you're loved. So that's what this weekend really did for me. It was amazing. So I just want to pray. God, I just thank you that you are so filled with love. God, I thank you that The more that we come near to you, the more those burdens fall away. God, I pray that you would just speak your life and your love into us today. That though we've been rejected, though we don't feel like we fit, though we want to be validated, God, I just pray that we would find it in you. That we would, anything holding us back from feeling your love today, that we would just feel it. Know that we're loved. That's who we are. We've all been called a new name. So God, I pray that you would begin to draw your body even more into this amazing love relationship with you, Jesus. And any of you who don't know Jesus, he's calling you and he loves you. And he he just says, Just repent of your sin, let it go, and come to me and choose me, and I will come and make my home in you. And if any of you want to do that, I would love to pray with you. I would love to pray over you, and we're going to have our team come, and we're going to do a fire tunnel, some party music. And we want everyone here to get prayed for today. So let's set this up. I love you guys. You're awesome.